This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we got so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, my husband has just taken a new job and we've moved to a new town. Although I'm incredibly shy and introverted, I've been committed to getting out there and meeting new people. A few weeks ago, we had a lovely dinner at a colleague's house. My husband is his boss. At the end of the evening, I was so glad we had gone and I was looking forward to continuing the friendship and having them over for a meal at our place in the next few weeks. Well, today I was at a hair salon getting a haircut. My husband's colleague came in, but I didn't have my glasses on and I was not certain it was him, so I did not greet him. I was the only customer in the salon at the time and they seated him in the station next to me. I quickly realized it was the man we'd had dinner with because he started chit-chatting with his hairstylist and describing this terrible meal he had with his new colleague. He said it was so awkward and that we don't follow social cues and he even gave specific examples to show how we were terrible conversationalists. The stories he was telling were not even true. He was telling the stylist questions that he asked and how my husband only gave one word answers. This simply didn't happen. We had a nice time and shared quite a few funny anecdotes about our move and about settling in to our new place. So I was absolutely mortified. I'm sure he saw me because at one point the hairstylist had turned his chair so it was facing mine. I made sure not to look in his direction and at the end of the haircut, as I was putting my glasses on, I commented to my stylist how I'm absolutely blind without my glasses and cannot see a thing, hoping that this colleague would think I did not see him. So my question is this, what should I do? We're supposed to have them over for dinner, although we haven't set a date yet. There is a company picnic in a week where I'm sure to run into him. Do I pretend this never happened? Is there a polite way I can address it and move on? Please help. For those of you who aren't on our Zoom at this exact moment, Nick just passed out (laughs) because this conversation, I'm the emoji with the head exploding off the top. So I feel for this letter writer. Oh, I definitely feel for this letter writer. I don't even get what's going on. Oh, I get what's going on. (laughs) I kept waiting for the person in the chair to turn around to be like, I totally saw you. I was kidding. Like, what's happening? Yeah. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Leah is currently speechless. I'm speechless. I have so much. (laughs) I have so much empathy for our letter writer. I think that this person 
is a bit of a game player. The person in the chair talking smack about our letter writer. Yes, because our letter writer is sure that they saw them. Well, I think before this conversation happened, I don't think they realized who they were seated next to. Right? I think they discovered it later after they had already said what they said. Oh, I got the idea they discovered it and then they continued to say it. That's how I read it. And I was like, wow. Oh, that's bold. Oh, no, I, I really hope we don't live in that world. I hope we live in a world, well, I hope we don't live in any of these worlds, but I think given the choice between universes, I would prefer the world in which I sat down, I started complaining about a dinner party I didn't have a good time at, and then I didn't realize who I was next to at any point until the very end after I had already said everything. You would like to say that, oh, I I know who I'm next to now and I'm going to continue on. That's how I read it. Is this the, oh. as if this person is like some sort of a sociopath. Oh, I, that blows my mind. That did not occur to me that that is possible. Well, first off, I would not have them over at my house. But I'm just going to start there. Yes. I mean, in general, I don't think we want to invite people over who are not interested in coming over. And clearly, I don't think these people are interested in your company. So no need to extend an invitation. And it's a very interesting place to be, being that our letter writer's husband is the boss. Yes, that is material. That is definitely material. I feel very like our letter writer put themselves out there. They're usually a more of a shy person. They went out, they and then they got this person saying horrible things. Like, what a nightmare. And I think it's time to like double down and be like, I did a good thing. I'm stepping out of my boundaries. This person is out of control, rude. And I don't think that at this company get together that we have to be nice to them. Well, I, yes, I hear what you're saying. I think that we can be polite, but I don't think we have to pretend this didn't happen. I think that we can be like, oh, no. I definitely feel like the next move is theirs. It is up to them to decide to apologize or not. And so I don't feel like you actually have to do anything here. Like, I don't think there is a next move for you. I don't think we would extend that dinner party invitation If they want to follow up on it and if they want to apologize for this event, if they want to kind of make the next move and smooth things over with the boss's family, then I would put it in their court. But yeah, I I think cordial distance, a polite hello, that's all that's required at this picnic. If this person does talk to you at this picnic, I might be inclined to say, I saw you recently at the hair salon. Right. Uh, I didn't realize it was you until I put my glasses on. And then just let that sit. Yeah. I mean, I get the instinct of wanting to let them know that you know and sort of let that hang. And that you may be shy, but it's not acceptable. We don't talk about people. And that I'm letting you know that I know and it's not okay. Yeah. I think if this bothers you enough and you wanted to actually sort of close the loop on it, you could say something along those lines. Like, oh, I was in the hair salon that day. I was so sorry to hear that you didn't have a nice time. Woo! I like that. And I am. I am sorry that you didn't have a nice time. I I had a nice time. I thought it was lovely. I totally understand if you would rather not accept our invitation to dinner that we talked about. Also, we won't be inviting you, so don't worry about accepting (laughs) it. No worries. Uh, Won't put you on the spot. Because this is just cruel. This is mean. You talk about people in public? Yeah. I mean, this is a good reason to avoid talking negatively about people in public settings, right? I mean, this is a really good example for why we don't do that. Because you never know who's going to be around and you never know what is going to get back to someone. And uh, this is what can happen. 
I sort of get this feeling still from this letter that this person who was talking was a bully and realized that person was in the chair before they stopped talking. Yeah, I mean, I hear you saying that. I find that unbelievable. Well, it is unbelievable because this person's husband is the boss? No, I find it unbelievable because who acts that way? Oh, I don't find it unbelievable just because I know cruel, cruel people. Yeah, I guess I really am not surrounded by people who are capable of that level of cruelty. Where it's sort of like, oh, I'm going to say mean things. And then I didn't realize you were there. And now I realize you're there. And I'm going to now continue to say mean things. Well, I'm just going to double down on it and be like, what? I would be mortified. Right. Wouldn't you be mortified? I don't get the idea that this person in the chair is mortified at all. That's why I think that yes. it continued. There was yeah. no mortification because if I was venting. Right. Or if I got caught, I would not pretend I don't see them. They obviously know. I would profusely apologize. Yes. In the moment, I would absolutely apologize. I would probably even follow up, perhaps, given that this is your boss. Yeah. And even if it wasn't my boss, I'd be mortified. I would just be, I would hate myself. I would fall on the floor. Yeah. I would lay on the ground and I would say, I hate me. Please forgive me. (laughs) I was venting. It was inappropriate. So, okay, yeah, I guess the lack of mortification, I guess I didn't see that in the initial read because I just didn't want to believe it. But I guess this is really actually what is happening. And that's why I think if this person fake talks to you at the party, you should let that hang so they feel it. Just be like, oh, I was at the beauty salon with you. Yeah, and just let it hang. Let it hang. Let it hang. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we start at a 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is, quote, 
How do I stop a dear friend from sending me e-cards on my birthday? I despise the email reminder that an e-card is waiting for me to open, and often I delete it. But then the sender will send me an email asking if I've received the card, to which I reply, oops, must have deleted it by mistake. I would really rather just talk on the phone, but she persists in sending me e-cards. I feel like I would just open it and say, got it, thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, path of least resistance. Just click the link, right? Yeah, click the link. I mean, the only other option is if you go up to them and go, hey, I intensely dislike e-cards. Can we just talk on the phone? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think you have to pick whether or not that's the hill you want to die on. Do we want to have a standalone, polite yet direct conversation about e-cards? Or can we just click the link? I feel like I would click the link. Yeah, I think just click the link. And you could also have a conversation with your friend, which is like, love the e-cards, so thoughtful of you. But what I really want for my birthday is just to talk to you. And maybe we can frame it that way. Yeah, I feel like our letter writer doesn't want to say love the e-cards. No. I feel like if you don't want to say love the e-cards, you could say, you could click the link, say thank you and say, what I'd love to do most on my birthday is talk to you and just leave the first part out. Fair enough. And I think it's good just to remind ourselves that life is full of annoyances. Like there's just minor annoyances in our life and we don't have to solve all of them. Some of them we just have to decide, I can accept this minor annoyance and move on. And I think this is one of those. Because this minor annoyance is somebody who's thinking nice things for you. Oh, totally. Yes. No, this is done with the best of intentions. It's just not being received in the spirit in which it is being sent. I mean, we we came in on the same side exactly on that one. So I feel like there's no more to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Easy peasy. So our next question is, I feel like our letter writer is not going to like us on that one, but. Well, okay. I mean, what do you want us to say? What do you think our letter writer wanted from us? I think they wanted us to say, e-cards are horrible. Stop sending it. Instead, we're saying, just open it. Say thanks. Well, to be fair, I mean, e-cards, you know, is e-card a good greeting? Like, is that ideal? versus like a handwritten card or like a cute video or, you know, I don't know. Some people love e-cards. Like one year for your birthday, I found all these clips of people wishing people named Leah happy birthday on YouTube. <laughs> unbelievable. And it's like 50 people wishing somebody named Leah in their life a happy birthday. And I just cut them all together. And so I don't know. What did you think when you got this weird video? Well, it took me like three people to get what was happening. <laughs> You're like, I don't know this person. I also think I watched it at like <laughs> five in the morning. So it may have taken okay. me like four or five people to get it. And then I went and I was like, ah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Um, I don't know why I decided to do that but I did. But I mean, there are other things other than e-cards that are thoughtful. So maybe what we really want is something more thoughtful than e-cards. And I guess for our letter writer, that level of thoughtfulness is a phone call. But I think that we can not say anything about the e-card while expressing, I'd really just like to talk to you. Yes. I don't think we want to make someone feel bad for trying to do something nice for you. Yes. I want to encourage that behavior. We need more of that in this world. I don't think we want to tell them, don't do that again. Like, we want that. We want that sentiment. We just want to channel it into a direction that you prefer. I like that way of saying That's what it is. Okay. So our next question is, quote, in about a year, I'm going to be moving out of state. And my question is on the etiquette of breaking it to friends and coworkers. At what point should you do it and how? Should you do it individually or get everybody together and do it in one fell swoop? How much time in advance of the move should you let people know you're moving? These are friends that have had anywhere from six to 12 years now, and we're moving clear across the country. This is the first time we've done this, and I want to make sure I spare everybody's feelings as much as possible. 
A, congratulations on your exciting upcoming move. How fun. Yeah, that's fun. New adventure. New adventure. So I haven't moved in a billion years, so I don't know. I would say you got to prioritize who's close to you. So whoever's closest to you, let's start there. They should know as soon as you know. So let them know. Yeah, I would tell my close friends first. And if you sort of feel nervous about like, you know, who, what French should I tell first? People's feelings might get hurt. If that's sort of, because I'm getting the idea that you feel. Oh, that like, oh, you told such and such before you told me. I had to hear it from such and such. You couldn't come to me first. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, if that's a thing, if that's a thing you're Ugh. worried about, I think you could actually invite people over for a dinner party, like your close friends, or you could go out to dinner and say, hey, I have an announcement I wanted to share with all of you. Oh, that could be nice. My besties, you know, we're moving, blankety blank, here's all the information. And then I think for work, it doesn't have to be until much closer to the date. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's sort of like the rules of if you're getting a new job, like when do you have to let everybody know? I mean, that's a couple of weeks at the most for most places. And that email is just like, hey, I'm accepting a new position at such and such. Here's who's taking over my responsibilities. So great getting to know you at Acme Corp over the last six years. I will miss you all. Here is my Gmail. And then I do think some people like to make a social announcement, which I don't think you have to do because some people feel more private about it. And some people, and I think that totally depends on you. I mean, social announcement, like on social media. Right. I think that's (laughs) up to you. Yeah. You are not required to broadcast this widely. Like you're under no obligation. I mean, moving is a very private thing at the end of the day. And so it's kind of a need to know basis, really. Like nobody's entitled to know that you're moving. So I think it's just the people who would want to know and care that you're moving. And I think other people, acquaintances, like it's not required. I think do what feels good. I think trust yourself. Yeah, follow your instinct on this one. There is no etiquette rule other than being mindful of other people's feelings. So as long as you are being mindful of other people's feelings, then however you do it is fine. And bon voyage. (laughs) Right. Does one only say that on a trip? That seems wrong. Bon nueva casa. Yeah. Well, I mean, there will be a voyage to get from point A to point B. (laughs) There is a voyage in there. Which we hope is bon. (laughs) So, So for that, at least, we hope that's a bon voyage. And speaking of bon voyage, our next question is, quote, Greetings from the in-flight Wi-Fi between Tokyo and Los Angeles. I'm using the Wi-Fi to work and also write to you with this vent. The gentleman in my row is apparently using the in-flight Wi-Fi to voice chat on his smartphone. So I and all the others around me are a captive audience to half of his conversation. Help. Ugh. That's how I feel about that. (laughs) You're not supposed to do that. There's like signs on planes. They don't even have airphones anymore. I mean, what is that, the 80s? I'm talking from a diehard movie. Wow, airphone. Okay, (laughs) fly that McDonnell Douglas plane (laughs) on Pan Am. Okay. Um, I did write this person back in real time because I was like, oh, let me see if I can help make your flight a little better. So I know what I said. What would you say? Did you say do a Nick disapproval face? Oh, I did not have any glance recommendations. I'd like to have a flip book of Nick dis- <laughs> disapproval faces. Okay. Um, no, I did not suggest that. What do you think I suggested, if anything? I think that you, because I do think it's actually- Annoying. Besides being really annoying, I think <laughs> right. it's not approved of. Right. But I the air patrols. Mm-hmm. Yes, So I think that maybe we could use the washroom and mm-hmm. I don't know, it feels like tattletailing, but maybe we could tell the flight attendant, hey, we got a guy in our row who's super talky on loud on his FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Can we shut that down? <laughs> yeah. 
Bingo. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I basically said like, oh, I, I think this is actually not allowed. And if a flight attendant saw it, they would probably shut it down. Yes. So just subtly, discreetly, let a flight attendant know and they'll take care of it. And so here's the response. Thank you for your reply. You gave me the courage to give the flight attendant a heads up when I went back to get a cup of water. A few minutes later, she happened to walk by and catch the offender in the act. My seatmates and I are now enjoying the relative quiet of the airplane sans phone call as we complete our journey. Thank you. Woo! Another satisfied customer. In real time. Real time. In the air. Over oceans. Hurling through space and time. Yes. So I'm glad I was able to help a little bit because this is annoying. Annoying. Is really annoying. So Very annoying. annoying. Who are these people that think that everybody wants to? I mean, we know who they are. <laughs> I mean. But like every time I'm shocked. Yeah. So glad that worked out. <sighs> and I'm always glad when I. Are correct. <laughs> <laughs> So our next thing is actually some aftermath. And so you may recall a few episodes back, we got a letter from somebody who received a mystery gift after completing their PhD. It was this artwork that showed up at their home address from somebody they did not know. And so we got a lot of great emails from you all about who it could have been, how to crack the code, different theories. And so a lot of people wrote and want to know what happened. And so here is the aftermath. Aftermath. Quote, as you predicted, I eventually cracked the case of the mystery gifter. However, the gifter is in fact a complete stranger and that we have never met. Here's the story. Earlier this year, I reconnected with an old friend from high school whom I hadn't talked to in a decade. After catching up over a video call, the high school friend then texted me a few months later asking for my address because she wanted to send me an art piece by someone she knew who makes art themed around marine creatures, which is the subject of my PhD. How nice, I thought. So I provided my address. Several weeks went by and I was busy wrapping up my PhD and I completely forgot about this whole text exchange. So when this art piece arrived and didn't include the name of my friend, I had no idea what it was about and I wrote to you. But then I accidentally clicked on the text exchange with my friend on my phone and the pieces came crashing into place. At least nobody saw my epiphany face. So then of course, I immediately sent a thank you to my friend via text because I didn't have her mailing address and I haven't heard anything back. So I still feel like there are some loose ends. Did my friend actually commission the art or did she just mention my research to the artist who took it upon herself to send a gift? And either way, why does my friend seem uninterested in knowing whether or not I received the gift she so nicely picked out. In any case, thanks for your advice. Well, I'm glad we figured out who it was. So it wasn't like some... Yes. The idea of like, oh, art showing up at your home <laughs> from a stranger. Like, I didn't love that. No. So this is a much safer feeling. Yeah. I'm glad that we kind of know what it is and it's not troublesome. And thank you for following up and letting us know. For sure. And I'm glad it had a happy ending. And as for like whether or not who paid for the gift and following up with a friend, I mean, you showed gratitude and I don't think your friend is disinterested. I think they either just like saw the text and forgot about it or they never saw the text. So if you haven't already, I think you could send a photo of this artwork to your friend and being like, oh, this is what it looks like in case you hadn't seen it. And that would be an occasion to follow up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I would take a picture with like you smiling next to the artwork 
Loving it. And send us a photo of this artwork. We would love to see. I also think that definitely your friend commissioned it because that she would have had to give the address to the artist. I mean, I guess it's possible that this artist just loves your research so much and just wanted to send you something on her own accord. But then they still had to get your address from your friend. So I just think that your friend is definitely involved. Your friend is absolutely involved and deserves thanks. Absolutely. Which you've sent. Right. And you did this via text. And so absent a mailing address for your friend, this is good enough. And I do love the idea of following up again with a picture. Just be like, oh, loving it so much. Thanks again. Yeah, I think that'd be very nice. So, do you want to know the aftermath of any other questions that you've heard on the show? Let us know. And do you have questions for us? Oh, yes, you do. Send them to us. You can send them to us on our website, freeraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.